Respected brothers and sisters, dear viewers, <coughs> Alhamdulillah, in the last few weeks, we have been looking at um, some essential principles from the Quran and the Hadith of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in relation to uh, our lives, uh, our family lives, and more specifically in relation to uh, our relationships with uh, our spouses. And we've mentioned or rather we discussed um, three or four uh, main principles uh, taken directly from the Quran. So we said the first one was um, two, that the, the, the requirement of Sharia is that we deal with people um, fairly and in a just manner. And we said uh, that this is taken from the verse of the Quran where Allah states, And we said this is one of the most comprehensive verses of the Quran in relation to um, uh, in relation to what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala expects uh, from us when dealing with one another um, so just and, and we said being just in our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala being just and this is why shirk is abhorrent to Allah azawajal because it is a great injustice being just to ourselves or with ourselves and also being just and fair with others um, that was the first principle. The second was to live with one another honorably. And this also um, can be translated as kindness. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَعَاشِرُوهُنَّ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ uh, That live with them honorably. And this is Allah speaking uh, to men in relation to, um, to women. Husbands in relation to wives. Um, and, and honoring one another, uh, seeing that they are a creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, they are a believer uh, that hold iman and belief in their heart. Um, and uh, Allah Azza wa Jal, when speaking about this concept of i'timaru uh, bil ma'roof, this is not amru bil ma'roof, it's i'timaru bil ma'roof, dealing with each, with each other with this concept of ma'roof. And ma'roof is that which is, it can be translated as that which is known, commonly known, right? And we all know the importance of uh, respect and honor. But it also, ma'roof is kindness and goodness. So dealing with uh, each other uh, in kindness um, and, and goodness, uh, this is essential to any relationship, but especially in essential to um, the relationship of uh, spouses. <coughs> And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala goes to the extent of, he says, And deal with each other honorably and kindly. And this verse is speaking about divorce. That at the time of divorce, do not forget um, the, the, the uh, because in your relationship with every human being, they will have benefited you in ways and they will have harmed you in ways. <coughs> now, if this relationship has to end because the harm uh, outweighs the good, um, then Allah says, deal with each other in a way that you have not forgotten the, the good and the benefit uh, that you have gained from, from that uh, relationship. And this is unfortunate that, you know, <coughs> uh, in our um, times, uh, we think that, uh, or we have this attitude that uh, separations and divorces cannot happen and cannot take place without a 
a war and that is not the case right Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says no even in that situation you are to deal with each other honorably and kindly the third with we mentioned <coughs> and I believe this was last week uh, was patience uh, and we said this is derived from the verse we have made some of you a test to, to uh, others, right? Are you going to be patient? Will you be patient with each other in your dealings with each other? And this is with every human being, but more importantly with those that you deal with on a daily basis. Um, so atasbirun, sabr, uh, and we explain sabr in uh, that there are different ways um, and patience is to be exercised in different ways uh, in relation to uh, depending on the uh, circumstances that that you are living in and depending on your your strengths yourself um, whether you are able to overlook something completely or you are able to uh, overlook it for some time uh, and look for the opportunity to deal with with it in uh, a time that is more appropriate and this is known as helm right that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, is halim uh, in the sense that people are attributing partners to him. They are sinning and transgressing his, his bounds and his limits. And they are openly defying, some go to the extent of openly defying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but he is halim. Uh, it doesn't mean that um, their, their sins are going to go unpunished, but he doesn't do it right away. He gives them time, gives them time to to, to, and, and, and he places things in their lives for them to return back to him, right? And this is Hilm that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, although he describes himself as a sabur, also one of the names of Allah azza wa jal, but Hilm here is a very beloved quality um, to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it's important to know that these descriptive names that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us, he actually, uh, he likes for the believer to, um, take the, the, the human aspect of those qualities, right? Uh, in certain um, uh, of qualities, for example, Rahman and Rahim, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala being um, merciful, uh, Wadud being loving, um, Ghafoor uh, being forgiving, uh, Kareem being kind and generous, Halim uh, being tolerant. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala likes this and we said that uh, I believe it, is, it was Al-Ashaj ibn Khais radiallahu anhu arda that Rasulullah said that you have two qualities which are beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And these are sometimes we, with character and qualities, sometimes you have innate qualities. Allah has beautified us with good character uh, and everyone has a portion or uh, their portion of, uh, of character that uh, Rasulullah says in, in a hadith. Uh, close to this meaning that in Allah that Allah has divided good character the way he has divided provision so not everyone gets everything uh, so likewise nobody is perfect in their in their conduct and in their uh, character except for Rasulullah who says that I, these qualities were inculcated in me by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and through experience he wasn't just born with these qualities um, but rather Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put him through uh, certain things in his life that enable him to gain these qualities and we know of the struggles and uh, the difficulties that Rasulullah faced even before 
and, and the lifestyle he lived even before receiving prophethood. And this was all education from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, nurturing the qualities of Rasulullah in order for him to become the best um, model uh, for mankind until the day of, of Qiyamah. So these two qualities, Rasulullah said, saw in a Sahabi and he said that Allah loves these two qualities about you. And this will not come just, you know, this would have been revelation to Rasulullah This is why he can speak about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in that manner. He said that in nafika khaslatani yuhibbahum yuhibbuhum Allah. That you have two qualities which are beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Al-hilm wa al-anat. One is tolerance. Meaning dealing with things um, not, uh, it is the opposite of uh, dealing according to impulse. Right, and being completely impulsive and reacting um, immediately uh, to anything. Um, this is not liked by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we said last week that al-ajalatu min ash-shaytan, to be quick uh, in decisions and to be quick in reaction is actually um, the way of shaytan because he does not want you to think about consequences. He says, forget about it. Deal with it now. This is what you're feeling. This is how you're going to deal with But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the teachings of Rasulullah is to uh, wait and see um, and, 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 and think and, and using one's intellect and one's wisdom and one's past experience to deal with uh, a certain situation uh, and to hope, hopefully uh, wanting to get the best outcome. Uh, so al-hilm, al-anah is to take things slowly. Um, uh, so this all comes under the theme of, of patience. Now before we move on to, and we said that we, we will talk about um, principles that are essential and then we'll look at qualities that will embellish our relationships and will and, and perhaps are more difficult uh, to implement um, than, than the, the, the principles and inshallah if, if we have these uh, four three four uh, principles in our relationships with people then we can hope that we will not do in, injustice we will not dishonor we will we will be patient uh, we will not act uh, uh, react um, on, on, on impulse and emotions. So w we hope that by doing that, we will um, be doing justice to the relationship and that we will not uh, be held accountable before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We won't be committing a grave mistake, right? Uh, a sin. Um, but before that, um, one of the verses of the Quran, because obviously all of these uh, principles are taken from, uh, taken from the Quran, first and foremost. Um, it, the Quran describes the relationship between husband and wife as They are garments for you. Your wives are garments for you. And um, you are garments uh, for them. So ulama say that the that Allah subhanahu wa taala used this analogy or uh, this parable uh, in order for us to take wisdom from it and understand what what is Allah subhanahu wa taala saying to us. So, the, what are the the primary uh, reasons for? Uh, wearing clothes. The first is to cover your, what your aura. So covering that part of your body which you do not wish others to see, either because it is a religious duty, so you know the setter for men and women, 
or you, at times you will cover beyond that in order to uh, uh, put a barrier between uh, people's uh, sight and your um, shortcoming, your, 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 uh, perhaps the things that you are not uh, very comfortable in, in displaying. So there is a, uh, a factor of covering up. This is one. The second, and this is an essential and primary um, reason for uh, as wearing clothes. And, and the second one is um, to protect us from the Ill elements, right? In winter, you have winter clothing to protect yourself from uh, you know, the snow, the cold, uh, the wind, the rain. Uh, in the summer, you wear clothing in order to protect yourself from you know, the rays of the sun and from excessive heat. And this culture of just as soon as the sun comes out, <laughs> taking everything off um, is, is, is not <laughs> the, the right approach, right? Um, people in the past had uh, specific clothing uh, in order to protect yourself from, from the heat. And this is an amazing thing in, in the Moroccan culture. They wear wool, right? Because it has a property of, it protects you from the cold, meaning it does not let body heat out uh, very quickly. Uh, so in cold weather, it's very useful. But also in the, in the summer, it keeps you cool on the inside. So it protects you. Uh, and Allah Azza describes this, uh, the benefit of uh, wool or the skins of animals um, to, to, to the human being. So protecting one another from haram. Right? The first one is covering, and this is very essential, covering up to be a cover for one another. And number one is that you definitely have to cover each other's sins, mistakes, shortcomings. Do not speak about them to others. Unless you are speaking to a person who has the ability to advise you from a shari perspective, or they have the ability to speak to your spouse and they are uh, perhaps respected. But that should only come after you have tried yourself. Right? And Allah says, The person who covers up the shortcomings, the mistakes um, of, of a fellow believer, then Allah will cover him up in this world and in Akhirah. And Rasulullah says in hadith that the person who الناس, the person who is going around snooping, looking for uh, uh, the, the, the shortcomings or the the, the sins or the mistakes of others in order to reveal it to people then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will disgrace that person in his home he may be doing it outside right but Allah will disgrace him in his own home right this is retribution and, 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 and punishment for following and looking and snooping around and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran very clearly wala tajassasu because tajassus, uh, this verse of the Quran is amazing. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, again, is in relation to dealing with one another. Do not make fun of one uh, group of people, should not make fun of another. It may be that you are making fun of someone who is who holds a higher status in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and a higher degree. 
ولا نساء من نساء عسى أن يكون خيرا منهن. Then Allah سبحانه وتعالى specifically mentions women because women are perhaps at times more guilty than men in um, uh, having uh, loose tongues and you know thinking that the things that they are saying are not going to really uh, be harmful or Allah عز وجل specific. He says men should not do it, but or people in general should not do it, make fun of one another. And then he says uh, women should not do it. Do not follow the I remember once I was discussing this verse and people say, Yeah, you know what? Quran says you should not be a spy. How can people work for, for FBI and MI6? This is haram because you're this is not the spy that Quran means. The spy spying here is snooping around looking for the mistakes and shortcomings of one another. To the point that Rasulullah you know, uh, and, and this is just to show the extent of uh, uh, how uh, abhorrible it is in the sight of Sharia. And Rasulullah said that may the curse of Allah be on the man who returns home. And he does so in what? Uh, in a way that he wants to uh, catch his wife committing sin. Right? And uh, Rasulullah had the, the practice of traveling at night. If he arrived in Medina at night, he would not, if he got close to Medina, he would not enter Medina. He would set camp outside, let people know that we have arrived, and he will enter in the morning. Right? So this is essential so that a husband does not come uh, home uh, when he is not expected, and the wife may not be ready um, for. Uh, for the, 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 the arrival. So Rasulullah would do this and this was uh, hikmah um, and, uh, and it's, it's nice to, to make the surprise at times but you know a, a friend of mine told me he said I had this habit of surprising my mother. So he lives here, his mother in a different country and he said one day I just turned up home and I realized she almost had a heart attack. I don't do it anymore. <laughs> I make sure that I'm calling at least when I get to the airport I say look I'm coming because she, she just you know, completely. So the s surprise is good, <laughs> but it should not be to that extent. Anyway, this came from what? Tajassus. Do not snoop around looking for the faults of others. Because if you do that, the consequence is that When you find out the mistakes of others, you are going to talk about them. This is because the intent was you were looking for it. So why do you do that? Because you want to talk uh, ill of your brother and sister and this is definitely something uh, that should be avoided uh, when it comes to our relationships and our, you know the husband's relationship with the wife and uh, the wife's relationship with the husband we should not speak actually even the good things that you have in your relationship don't brag about them don't go about you know sisters brothers m my wife mashallah i know it she's everything I want in the world, you know, it, a dream come true and all of these things. People are sitting with you. They are going to envy you. And Rasulullah has taught us not to put ourselves at risk, right? You want to brag about your car, go ahead. What's the worst thing that can happen? It's going to get crushed, <laughs> right? You want to brag about your clothes or something, but don't do it about your partner. And then you wonder why, why are things going wrong in our, in our lives? Is, at times it's because of this. We talk, don't talk about the good qualities of your husband and your wife to others. Don't describe your husband and your wife to others. 
and don't speak about the bad uh, qualities of your husband and your wife because this is what your duty is as a spouse you cover uh, one another uh, and then protecting one another from haram right so in marriage you protect one another from haram in a number of ways number one is that you protect each other from from zina but for that there has to be an effort right from both husband and wife there has to be a physical effort an emotional effort so that the relationship and the intimacy is enough to protect a person from falling into haram now if you're not doing that and i don't want to go into details but i think we're all getting um, the idea if you are not making an effort then you are failing in your role as a husband or a wife right and often uh, this is uh, mentioned in, in in the books of uh, advice about marriage uh, that both husband and wife should make an effort uh, from uh, a physical perspective because and a physical perspective why because this is the easiest to deal with your traits your character is going to take time to deal with right you know that your wife uh, or your husband want you know appreciate a certain quality you have to you know work hard you're not going to get it in, in in a week or two uh, but the physical appearance this is the the, the easy or quick fix um, so this is what uh, tends to, and I think, I believe one of the Sahaba, Abdullah ibn Abbas radiallahu anhu, uh, was once uh, dressed well, uh, and uh, Sahabi radiallahu anhu said, what is all of this zina and what have you? He said, uh, I do it for, for my wife just as I, I expected from, from her. Um, so this is essential, protecting one another from haram. This is in relation to not falling in in, in, in haram and zina and brothers and sisters we all you know we are living in this society and haram has become so easy and, ha and this is where, where you know that the balance in, in a society where sharia is implemented and people fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we're not talking just about law and legislation when people fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala halal is readily available haram becomes difficult right and think about the uh, society of Sahaba It was easy to get married. And perhaps uh, haram was much more difficult because you would not find the person with whom you will do the haram, first of all. And then you have to think of the consequences and the punishment in this world before the hereafter. Whereas in our society, haram is readily available. And halal is difficult. Right? So we have to have these things in mind um, that we are first and foremost protecting one another uh, from uh, falling into haram in relation to um, uh, zina, but also from other sins, right? It is not befitting that a husband sees his wife uh, committing a sin day in, day out, and not trying to make a change, right? Help her overcome be because you know, she needs the support. She has her nafs working against her, her desires. She has shaitan working against her. She has the environment that is calling towards sin and making it acceptable so sometimes on our own we don't have the strength to deal with these things likewise a wife seeing her husband uh, committing a sin uh, and becoming completely desensitized and it's, it's okay it's not a you know it's not a big deal everybody has their um, and it's true everybody has their uh, their shortcomings but we should aim to uh, protect each other why because here we are protecting one another and working together to protect ourselves from the displeasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, from the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But we have to do it uh, realistically, right? And have this 
Hilm and Anat in our approach, right? Tolerance and knowing the right time. And also communication is important here, um, but realizing that, uh, you know, we, we talk about the importance of communication and not all communication is good, right? Some communication uh, is bad, yes? Um, good communication is effective uh, communication and, and constructive communication, right? Knowing how to say and what to say and when to say it is important. Don't just under the, uh, you know, uh, banner of communicating, just throw anything uh, in, in the face of, of your husband or your wife and say, well, you have to deal with the truth, right? It's a bit harsh, but you have to deal with it. No, this was not how Rasulullah dealt with things. No, use your hikmah, use your wisdom, do it in the right way. Don't do it in, uh, in a way where the person is going to feel uh, 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 that they are being criticized or they are being picked on. Right? Because we all have our honor and you know, our self-respect or uh, esteem. And, and we don't want, especially for husband and wife, we don't want to seem, uh, sometimes we don't want our spouse to see our defects. And, and when they have seen them, and obviously they are going to see them, they live with us. When they tell us about it, we feel this sort of shame that, oh man, you know, she, she's found out about it. Or he's found out about it, right? About this weakness that I have. So your duty is in order to protect if the outcome is if you just want to have a battle and you want to feel good and, and you want to feel just superior to your husband and your wife, go ahead. Right? Just tell them what you think about them and what you think about their, uh, their sins. Uh, but you're, you're not going to get anything from it except for a little bit of pleasure. Right? Oh, yes, I told you and, and I've been telling you all of this time. And yes, you know, you get a bit of enjoyment, but after that, it's gone. It's not, and they're not going to listen to that. The thing about advising people is that when it's done with the wrong intention, it most probably will not work. When it's done with the right intention, then it is hoped that because of your concern yourself. So number one is, I need to know why am I communicating this, right? Do I want to make them feel bad? Do you want to let them know how, how grateful they should be living with, <laughs> with me, that despite all of this, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm <laughs> number one here? Or is it because I'm concerned, and this is where I'm concerned for their akhirah, for their afterlife, not so much how it impacts me. It may not impact me at all. They may be doing this outside. It doesn't harm me in any way. Not emotionally, not, not, not you know, it's, it's, their, it's their problem. But... I want them to be protected from the anger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We want to be in paradise together and in Jannah together. And for that, we have to make an effort together. So firstly, rectify your intention. Second, ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because he is the one in control of people's hearts. So maybe in a dua, say, Ya Allah, you know, my husband uh, or my wife has this shortcoming and I'm going to uh, want, uh, address it. Please give me the hikmah and the best words. And because you are saying what? Ya Allah, you're the one who changes. If you think you're going to change things and I'm going to fix you up, <laughs> then it's not going to work because you can't even fix your own self up. Right? Uh, so uh, knowing how to communicate uh, and have that, this criticism, but that is, that is productive right? and, 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 and done in a positive manner. And then knowing to receive. right? And this is very important and especially important for men because we seem to think that we can't be criticized by our wives. Because we're you know, just too good <laughs> or because we are the, the head of the family. No. 
you have to learn to take criticism. And at times, it may not be done in the right way or at the right time, but that should not be a reason to reject it, right? Okay, the, but the information has reached you. So if you want to be just and fair, look at the positivity in that criticism and ignore the rest. Sisters, don't criticize your husband in front of your kids, if you can. Husbands, don't criticize your uh, wife in front of, you know, we all have outbursts of anger where you sort of lost your control or whatever. Um, and this happens, but it should not be something that happens all the time. Because it lowers, it, parents think of, I mean, children think of their parents as the role models. And they're perfect. Until they start listening, oh, you're always doing this, and you're always doing that, and blah, 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 blah. And they say, actually, yeah, that's true. Dad's always doing this. Mom's always doing that. What you're doing is you're making them smaller in their eyes. And if, if the episode happens and, you know, you know we deal with each other in, in a way, sometimes, you know, you can't help it. P pressure, uh, um, we have been bottling up something and it just comes out in front of the children. Then we need to explain to the children after this episode, you need to have a word with your child, letting them know that, you know, Dad lost control. This is not how we do things. So now they are what? They're not going to be so much focused about what you said, but now they're, they are being educated that this is not what should be done, right? But, you know, um, mom says, look, I, I lost control. I, sh I shouldn't have said this. I shouldn't have said that. Maybe not in this way or in this manner. So that children are, and that will be the antidote, hopefully, to, um, you know, our, our reactions. Uh, that happen in times where you know we can't hold back uh, due to circumstances or the, the stress or the pressures that we are we are facing. Uh, but essentially, uh, knowing how to uh, criticize in a way with the right intention for the betterment of of, of the other, uh, and knowing to accept it also. Right. The worst thing you can do in this regard is that when, you, when your partner is trying to communicate with you, you throw it back in their face with something that they do. That's the worst, right? And this is, this is just a battle of egos. It's not, you know, yeah, yeah, I'm, I may be doing this, but have you seen that? <laughs> uh, we, uh, we often do that. And this is a reaction of what self-injury, right? Your, your, your emotions have been hurt, so you are trying to, to do the same, or you, you commit the same mistake, or even greater, or no. Um, you should try to protect one, oneself from doing that, because this is displeasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Rather, the true believer, uh, you know, when they are criticized, and one of the salihin said that the person who, uh, I, I love uh, the friend who uh, offers uh, and, 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 and gives me uh, a present of my bad traits and bad qualities because they are doing me a favor regardless of their intention they're doing me a favor right and they're able to uh, one of the uh, a person came to one of the the salihin i think one of the aima if not wrong imam shafi and said oh so and so's been talking about you and saying all of this so he sent him a box of sweets you know for roshayo ladus i said go and give him these sweets and tell him may allah reward you for you know, you've given me greater, you've given me your rewards. <laughs> so, um, being conscious in, in this way. But anyway, the verse of the Quran says, That you, you are garments for, for them. So cover each, 
cover up each other's shortcomings, but in general, do not speak about um, even the good traits of your husband and your wife uh, because um, says, Every blessing that you have, things that you don't think about, right? You've got, mashallah, you know, full hair, my hairline is receding. Somebody will be jealous about that, you know, and these are small things. So how about, you know, when you go around bragging and boasting about how good your wife is and how good your husband is, this is uh, not something that, uh, especially in our community where people don't say, mashallah, tabarakallah, and uh, use that in a way to sort of say, oh, well, I, I should work and have uh, this sort of relationship with my wife or with my husband and make an effort. No, we are constantly com competing with, with each other. Um, this is one. And protecting one another from uh, sin and from haram and in uh, communicating with one another effectively uh, to change our uh, bad habits and our traits and working together. Um, so th this was and the other reason for clothing is to beautify yourself, right? So uh, a husband and wife, their relationship should be that one completes the other. Yes, because we are, we all have our shortcomings. So from uh, our creation, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created men with uh, strengths and weaknesses. In general, and all men have these strengths and weaknesses. And women are the... And when you put them both together, it completes uh, the, the parenting, uh, you have the parenting model, if you like, for the children to grow in an atmosphere that is uh, healthy and that will nurture them in the right way. And this is why it's so difficult, single parenting is so difficult. Because uh, no matter how hard you try, there are certain qualities that you don't have, that Allah has not or rather, not you can't have, but they're more difficult for you to, to have because, you know, there are qualities that generally don't come with, with, with your gender, right? Uh, so it makes it difficult uh, to, to um, but with each other, we, we complete each other, just like our clothing completes us and beautifies us. Likewise, we should seek to beautify um, our relationship, but more importantly, uh, beautify uh, the, the other, right? And uh, this is by encouragement, encouraging each other to, and you can only do that if you are making an effort yourself. You can't say to your wife, oh, I think you should wake up for tahajjud when, <laughs> when your fajr is in danger every day, right? And this is the, the beauty about it, is that before you start advising people, you need to make what? If you're comfortable and you're, alhamdulillah, everything's good, yeah, I don't want any, this is, this is a trick of shaitan, right? In dunya, we're never comfortable. We always want the latest thing, the latest gadget, the best thing. And, and when it comes to deen, alhamdulillah, yeah, yeah, my wife prays. Okay, if she prays, then get her to do some nawafil. And if she does nawafil, get her to do tahajjud. And if she does that, then let's fast together. Let's read Quran together. Let's make dhikr together. Let's make dua together. And the Rasulullah said, that may Allah have mercy on the man who wakes up for tahajjud, wakes his wife up, she doesn't wake up, throws a cup of water on her face. Not a bucket, <laughs> just, you know, a little bit. <laughs> but Rasulullah said, may Allah have, and then he said the same, may Allah have mercy on the wife that stands up for, gets up for tahajjud, and her husband is, you know, had a hard day at work and what have you, and she says, look, wake up, and he refuses. Rasulullah says, don't be, you know, don't have this, uh, emotional, uh, illogical rahmah. 
that we have as parents. You know, you come in, you've prayed your Fajr, mashallah, you've earned your reward. Your son is sleeping, your daughter is sleeping. And you say, oh, it's okay, they're young. This is not Rahma. Rahma is to wake them up. So that later on, they learn to pray Fajr on time. And that you're protecting them from the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But your, you know, two cents Rahma there is going to cause them what? The habit of just ignoring the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then falling into the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Akhirah. This is not Rahma. So Rasulullah says, may Allah have mercy on, on the man who does this and on the woman who does this. So encouraging one another. And even a little bit of competition is good, right? Uh, the month of Ramadan has come, how much Quran, uh, you know, we are reading, competing with one another. Allah Azza wa Jal says, فَاسْتَبِقُوا الْخَيْرَاتِ This is what you should compete in, right? Not, uh, who do you love most, daddy or mommy? <laughs> what sort of nonsense is that? Why do you ask? I don't understand why parents ask that question. Uh, or or the, do you love your parents more or your teachers more? Or your friends more? Don't ask that question. You're going to be disappointed because the child doesn't know. <laughs> right? They don't know. The one that gives them more sweets and chocolates and presents, they're going <laughs> to love them. So don't, no, rather, don't compete uh, with each other for your children's affection. That should not be, uh, actually, you should be happy if the, the child loves your spouse more than they love you because you know of your shortcomings and you don't want to be a role model, but perhaps your wife is better than you are and they should you know, take from your wife or your husband uh, and vice versa. So compete with each other in, in what? And this is all from that you, are, you will embellish one another. So it's, it's a, 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 a team effort. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, وَالْمُؤْمِنُونَ وَالْمُؤْمِنَاتُ بَعْضُهُمْ بعض. And our life is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says even munafiqeen they are المنافقون والمنافقات بعضهم أولياء بعض People who are hypocrites they are helping each other People who are on falsehood they are helping one another They are disregarding Think about it Communities and religious communities who have in history, they have major problems between themselves. They're disregarding all of that and saying, you know what, we need to work with each other for, uh, in order to, to, to be strong, right? And ignore all of these things. So how can it be then that believers live with one another as enemies? And more importantly, family members, siblings as enemies, husband and wife, as we are competing with each other at all times. I'm better than you, you're better than me. And uh, seeing, and all of this is what? Listening to shaitan. Shaitan wants to break up the family home. This is his, so in order to do that, he takes people, you know, individuals. He doesn't want you to work as a team. Allah Azza wa says, They are helpers of one another. Friends of one another, protectors of one another, helpers of one another. Meaning, and the first thing Allah says is what? يَأْمُرُونَ بالمعروف. They do what? They call people towards good. You, uh, you big da'i, mashallah, outside, people are reverting to Islam, and, you know, and in your home you can't make a change. Your wife doesn't pray on time, your children don't pray on time, your wife doesn't pick up the Quran. Perhaps she wants to, but she doesn't have the time to because she's always busy. So taking some of that responsibility off her in order for her to have time to read Quran, to make some dhikr. Uh, يَأْمُرُونَ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ وَيَنْهَوْنَ عَنِ الْمُنْكَرِ And forbid evil. So, and that starts from home. 
You need to forbid evil. As husbands and, 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 and men in our homes, we have a responsibility to forbid evil. If we don't forbid the evil, we are going to be punished for it because you have been given this authority or position in your family. Uh, but the wife also has to forbid evil, right? Sahabiyat would, would, you know, the husband, the Sahabi would go out in the morning in order to uh, earn a living and she would say, stay away from haram. We can, we, we can tolerate hunger. We cannot tolerate the punishment of hellfire. Now, if a husband is coming out with this, you know, there is this Amr bil ma'roof, nahi anil munkar, you know, encouragement for halal, discouraging haram, then he's going to be comfortable. But if, if the message is, these are my requirements, I don't care where it comes from, then the, the, the husband starts to make justifications. Oh, it's a need, it's a necessity, it's okay. Uh, it's a small haram, I don't mean, to, 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 yeah? They establish salah. So establish salah as a team, as a jama'ah in our homes with our wives. If you've missed salah in the masjid, pray with your wife at home, right? If you've prayed uh, in, in the masjid, you've come back, pray with your wife. Uh, you know, have some nawafil, pray tahajjud together, uh, pray taraweeh together in the month of Ramadan. Uh, and so on and so forth. And not just individually, oh, I just want to go to paradise and I don't care about the rest. As long as I've read my Quran, I've done my dhikr, I've prayed my tahajjud. So, they establish salah, pay zakah, and they do what? They obey Allah and His Messenger. Those will have, will be blessed with the mercy of Allah. In, in, in akhirah, that Allah will grant them entry into paradise protect them from, from his punishment. But in this dunya also, if you do these things with the right intention, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and these are the things that we should aspire for as a, as a family. And we should, you know, sit with my wife, sit with my husband, and use this communication, but not to, to, to you know, get onto the property ladder, or, you know, holiday, what we're going to do. Uh, no. Yeah, these things are important, but they're only important in this world. So prioritize and have aspirations in relation to Akhirah. Do we want Jannatul Firdaus? Do we want to be in the company of Anbiya and Sahaba For that we need to sacrifice, we need to make an effort. And small steps, right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala likes small steps. He doesn't like, and He knows the nature of man, right? You know, these radical changes is, is a trick from Shaitan. Because you, you cannot keep it up. Evidence of that is Ramadan. Look at the change. We become like Jibreel in Ramadan. Right? You wake up, suhoor, go to the masjid, pray tahajjud, come back, you sleep for a couple of hours, go to work. In work, you're making zikr. You know, if you get a chance of pulling out your Quran, you're reading Quran. Then come zuhur. You, you know, if you can go to the masjid, go to the masjid. You can't. Whenever you return home, you have a little nap, come to the masjid, attend the halaqa, the lecture, alhamdulillah, iftari in the masjid. Right? And then you sit down and you read Quran and then Taraweeh comes and we pray 20 rak'ah in the masjid, then we go home and... But we can't maintain it. Once Ramadan is over, khalas. Why? Because you don't have the Iman for it. It's a radical change. What Ramadan expects you to do is do these things for a while. It's a sort of crash course. Do it for a while and then take from it in smaller portions and inculcate it in your life. Allah is telling you, you are able to do it. I don't expect that much all the time. But I expect 
a percentage of it. If you can take 10% of what you do as in relation to voluntary actions in Ramadan and put them outside of Ramadan in your life, you're going to, you know, this year 10%, next year 10%, and so on and so forth. And you are climbing the ladder and you have aspirations. One of our problems is that we don't have aspirations in relation to Akhirah. And it's even worse when we don't even have aspirations in relation to dunya. Because if you don't have a goal in dunya, you, you can forget about having a goal in akhirah. You don't aspire to the things you see. How are you going to aspire to the things you don't see? Right? So having these little goals together in dunya and in akhirah and prioritizing akhirah is going to do what? We are going to work together as a team for uh, our benefit, the, fa- the benefit of our, our children and our family. And this obviously comes from uh, communication and it is important Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us uh, one of the ways he honored mankind when he says وَلَقَدْ كَرَّمْنَا بَنِي آدَمْ is you know, the intellect and the ability to, to, to uh, uh, communicate with and remember communication is not only just saying things sometimes it's doing things so knowing when, what and how to communicate is extremely uh, essential and it should always be with the goal that we are trying to uh, we'll never be perfect, but we want to embellish uh, our relationship and beautify each other with good qualities and good qu- character. And that starts with yourself. One a person came to uh, a Salih uh, scholar and said, uh, when, does, you know, when do you start educating your children? He said, before you get married. <laughs> Maybe it's too late. Why? Because you need to educate yourself first in order to educate your children. Whatever character you have, you don't, don't wait until your child is six or seven or 10 or 15 to try to uh, educate them and educate them only verbally and you have nothing to demonstrate uh, yourself in your life. No, rather working on each other, but working with one another uh, in our relationships, inshallah wa ta'ala. Through that we will gain uh, the mercy. And if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sees, this is the amazing thing. When you do things from a religious perspective and Imani perspective. Some of the things we are saying now, people are doing, the, doing it outside, right? But they don't have the aspiration that I am doing things to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So they do a little bit of effort and they see, you know, there's no response from, from their partner or whatever and very quickly they give up and say, you know what, what the hell? Why, why should I continue? They don't appreciate it. This is always. But you know, Allah says what? I am Shakur. Extremely appreciative of anything you do. And if you make an effort, even if the other side doesn't appreciate, Allah appreciates, He will change things for you. And if He doesn't do that, then He will uh, grant you reward for it, and you are going to be the pe- better person. Rasulullah said that, you know, when two people have fallen out with one another, and uh, one person goes, you know, the person who goes first, and look at, Shaitan says, yeah, yeah, I, I will forgive him, but he needs to come to me. You know, I'm the eldest, or he was in the wrong. Rasulullah says the first one, regardless of who was wrong, who was right, the first one to go and uh, to, to, seal, to uh, re- uh, seek to reconcile uh, their differences or um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, that person is more beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, more honorable in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Husband and wife, when, when, when they have a fallout with one another, because shaitan is working so hard to say, you make it bigger, make it bigger. If they ignore it and they look 
beyond it and forgive one another, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives all of their previous sins. That's not a reason to just fight every day. <laughs> but I have a lot of sins <laughs> trying to get sins forgotten, <laughs> forgiven. Right? So this, um, the teaching uh, that we go with or the lessons we go with uh, this week is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says uh, that we are garments for one another. We cover each other's faults. We even cover up each other's uh, good uh, traits and good qualities so that we protect one another from from uh, uh, or our families from from jealousy and envy uh, which are destroyers uh, because with jealousy comes the, the the eye of shaitan the evil eye and that sometimes destroys um, our uh, uh, our families and and the, the good things that we have going in our lives so protecting one another from uh, haram is also essential um, haram meaning protecting one another from from zina and the efforts that are required for that but also protecting each other from the wrath of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from the punishment of Jahannam how can it be that you see your partner is heading for hellfire because they have a habit of committing uh, a major sin or even a minor sin right small sins if they are done frequently and regularly without an intent to stop can destroy a person right don't think of small sins as oh uh, they are going to be forgiven no they will be forgiven, yes, inshallah, but if there is intent to change, um, and sometimes you, you need your partner to give you that, that support and that help and that encouragement and that advice, and then seeking to beautify our relationship and to beautify each other with good character, with, with ibadah, and, and doing it as a team and working together as a team in order to gain the, and the aspiration should be the pleasure of Allah and the, uh, the, you know, the jannah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala together uh, we start making effort small steps uh, in the right direction with the right intention with the right manner then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will uh, cause uh, those small steps to to become inshallah wa ta'ala a means of uh, changing our lives and even if we don't get to uh, what we our goals and what we ascribe to uh, where we ascribe we tried and made an effort um, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not had not intended it then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will reward us for it right uh, and and we will inshallah wa ta'ala be uh, in the company of you know the the salihin and the awliya and the righteous people and sahaba and Allah azza wa jalla says wa hasuna ulaika rafiqa dhalika al-fadlu min Allah the best company is the company of anbiya alayhi salam imagine that you know you you are in paradise and you're able to conversate with you know the anbiya and sahaba and company of ulama and allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says it is actually a blessing from allah you know if it was left up to our efforts we would not be able to reach but allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sometimes seeing the true intention and the zeal and the effort and the sacrifice he will raise us to levels and degrees that uh, we would not be able to reach just with our actions uh, ولسائر المسلمين من كل ذنب فاستغفروه إنه